Samwise. As you just get that nice audio of me slipping like that. Oh, yeah, dude. Great little, little intro. Great little, little ASMR intro. ASMR for y'all, y'all out there. Just, <laughs> what a start. What a start. Welcome to the Bartcast, bro. Good to have you on. Is that what it's called? The Bartcast? It's called the Bartcast. Dude, yeah. let's go. Big time. Um, uh, my guest today, Mr. Sam Bennett, uh, the what founder and lead of Sam Bennett Media. How do you describe yourself? What's your job title? Okay, yeah, I always say I'm owner. That's kind of my, my first my first uh, role, I would say. Nice. And then I would go into, yeah, I'm a videographer as well. I run a video production company. We specialize in wedding films, real estate content, and commercial work. It's kind of my like nice little ten second pitch there for you. Awesome. But, How did you get started doing that kind of stuff? What what got you into the owning your your own business and and shooting and Oh man, yeah. I mean, it's definitely been quite a few years in the making. So I, I picked up a camera about probably five years ago. So like just to backtrack five years ago, I was traveling a lot. That was kind of my main passion was just kind of hitting the road, traveling, traveling, traveling. And I would go on these trips with like dinky little GoPros, you know, and I would kind of make little travel edits. That was kind of how I started getting into the content world was just basically making little GoPro travel videos. And as I kind of progressed from there, I started upping my game a little bit, you know, learning about how to actually, you know, dial in your camera settings and what good lighting looks like and then buying more camera equipment. And that was probably like around 2018, 2019. Um, and I was also still in college at that time. So I was kind of figuring out career and I was obviously, a, you know, a college kid too. So I wasn't really taking it too serious at that point. I was kind of figuring out life. Um, but the one thing I did knew back then was I wanted to travel. So I graduated in 2019 and took off for, well, first I took off to Europe and I took off to Southeast Asia. Nice. So yeah, I went to SDSU, um, graduated with an international business degree, um, which was awesome. But <laughs> ask me if I'm using it or not. <laughs> not I'm not. <laughs> so that's what it is. You know? Well, you, but you got a business. I have a business. So yeah. I guess it kind of brought me somewhere, right? Uh -huh. um, yeah. So I took off for Europe for about three months. And then after that, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to keep traveling um, as long as I can. So I actually ended up going to Southeast Asia um, and I was planning on actually living there full time, uh, teaching English and also doing some freelance work. So at that point as well, I was kind of manifesting that I really wanted to build a career for myself out of kind of content some way, somehow. I mean, at that point, I didn't really know how to monetize it yet. I was kind of just still making fun little travel edits with my GoPro. I think at that point, I also bought a Sony A6000, I think it was at the time. Um, which is a powerful camera for sure. I think if it's, that's the right A6000, mm -hmm. um, definitely a really, really good camera for what I got it for. I think I bought it for like 300 bucks and nice. like the kit lens and everything. Yeah. Um, but I started making edits on that. So that was my kind of upgrade from the, the GoPro and you know how it goes. I think as you kind of get better and better and you start kind of honing on your, on your, on your niche and what you like to make, what you don't like to make. When I was out traveling in Asia, I was kind of partnering with a few different kind of local businesses and that's when like the light switch kind of went off and I was like, damn, I can actually, you know, make some money off of this, you know? And at first I kind of started doing it for trade agreements, right? So I was doing it for free accommodation for a hostel or for, I think one of my first ever gigs was uh, working with a, a Muay Thai gym nice. on the island of Copenhagen in, uh, in Thailand, which was super sick. Highly recommend doing that if you're um, in, that, in that part of the world. Mm -hmm. Muay Thai is awesome. So I started like making a bunch of edits doing that. And then I uh, actually ended up moving to Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. So this was like end of 2019, early 2020. And I was uh, planning on teaching English there for about a year or two. That was kind of the goal. And uh, didn't really pan out given COVID. So I moved to Ho Chi Minh City, had everything kind of set up, was uh, starting to kind of make some traction in, the, in like the expat community and finding some clients here and there for some photo video work. And then COVID happened, right? 2020, we all remember. Uh, mm -hmm. ended up leaving Ho Chi Minh City, I think in like April or March of 2020. Um, got out of there like right in time before basically just everything shut down. Flew back home to the Western world, hit Europe first. Ended up quarantining for like two months or a month and a half in uh, the Netherlands, which is where I have a bunch of family. So I ended up doing that and then moved home um, April of 2020. And that's kind of when I went kind of balls to the wall full time into what I do now. So nice. yeah, it's kind of when I really was like, okay, I'm going to make this work, you know? And I feel like that story for a lot of creatives is, I think people can like really relate to that. Cause I think COVID did bring out, like it kind of gave birth to a lot of creative businesses. Oh, yeah. It takes that leap of faith, right? I mean, sure. anyone that's like watching this for sure understands that like 
it takes that like leap of faith and that just kind of, you know, it's, it's, you never really know. It's like big risk, right? Kind of going off on your own and, mm-hmm. you know, making your own money and making your own name for yourself. So totally. that's kind of what I did. And it's what COVID kind of pushed me yeah, to it's, do. It's funny. We, I think we started in the same year, like 2018, 2019 was yeah. where I got started. And then, yeah, it was that same thing. Like 2020, I was like, all mm-hmm. right, this is going to be the year I set off. I'm mm-hmm. going to like live off of my work. And then it was like, oh, the universe has other plans. Totally, man. And, uh, but it also, you know, I'm grateful for that time because it gave me a couple years to really just work on the craft, mm-hmm. honing my skills, uh, and getting things ready so that when we came, as we're coming out of the pandemic, um, there's now like this bevy of experience that gives me the confidence to, to, to break out there and take that big risk. And, um, I think, you know, I'm a traveler myself. Well that man. And we can talk uh, traveling for hours. Oh, definitely. No, I'm, I, <laughs> if we I had four hours, I can easily talk yeah. to you about this. Got a million questions my... to ask about Southeast Asia because that's that's my next big trip yeah. I want to take. Yeah, I was out there for two months, November, December. I think you probably saw, it, but I was mm-hmm. doing the Philippines, Taiwan, yeah. and Singapore. Hey, you've been traveling a lot lately, huh? Dog, yeah, it's been my thing, right? And that's is like it... the one of the perks about once you kind of go into your th- your your own thing is you make your yeah. own schedule and you kind of have. I'm starting to build a team around me now as well, which allows me to kind of take off. And you know, my was that my just for fun still, or was that work related? Or? It was just for fun for that trip. Um, so obviously I'd like to make that more work related down the line, mm-hmm. but I think there's also a time where, you know, you can put the camera away, which sure. is a big thing. I think when we're always with a camera for work, you still have to remind, though, right? I, yeah, I mean, I mean, don't <laughs> worry. I made some fun travel edits out of that. Don't, yeah. Um, but there definitely is a time where I'm like, okay, you're going to burn yourself out. You know, if you just keep keeping your camera on right. for everything right so totally. but now I, I hit my like 40 42nd i think country last nice. year which is you know i've been on on the grind for that so awesome yeah i got big goals to see do you collect more. anything while you travel you know i actually collect shot glasses nice which is, uh probably like the worst thing to travel with when you're in a backpack <laughs> yeah yeah i've had a lot of them break on me mm-hmm. but yeah, I know. I think every country kind of, I mean, you'll see them in souvenir stores. Totally. What I wish I did when I first started, when I started traveling, was I wish I would collect postcards. Nice. Have you ever seen people with like postcards mm-hmm. of like, yeah, on their walls and shit? I think that's fucking, that's sick. I, so I, I wish I started with that. Yeah. But. Yeah. I, it's funny because, you know, I, I lived in Europe for seven months and traveled all around. Nice dog. Where? I was in Denmark. Okay. Um, but I went to seven countries and I, uh, was, expensive. I was like, I want, yeah. I want to I want to uh, collect something while I travel, and I was like, my first thought was shot glasses. My, bro- my older yeah. brother had done that, and literally the first trip I got back from, like, opened my my case, everything's broken, just <laughs> a bunch of powdered glass. Yeah, dude. So then I was that like, goes. flags. Okay, I'm gonna collect a flag from every country I go to. Forgot. Yeah. And so what I settled on, and this is something that I've done now as I travel, is I collect cheers. So like every country I go to, I learn how they say cheers and, uh, you know, Salud. doesn't take up. Prost. Yeah. Um, Nostrovia. Okay. Keep Come going. By. Oh yeah. Come there we go. Uh, opa, yama, salute. Oh, how yeah. many places have you been to? Um, if you had to give a guess. Close to 20, I want to say. Dude, let's go. Not, not your 47, but I've also like, you know, you meet people from all over the world. I think I probably have like 26 or 27 languages. Cheers. Hell yeah, bro. Depending. Once I start drinking, the, the number yeah, goes they up. start. Because <laughs> I can remember better. But um, but yeah, dude, I mean, traveling is so important, was so important to me in determining, like, not only what I value, but also, like, what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a coincidence. I did three and a half months in, in India, the Western coast. Dude, that's my next big trip. Yeah, I yeah. can give you some, some wrecks. Yeah, and, yeah. Literally within six months of getting back, you know, in my 20s, I was like, what am I going to do? I want to do something creative, but I don't know what it is. I I had so much anxiety about it. And three and a half months in India, I get back. And yeah, six months later, it like presented itself to me. And, you know, videography was kind of the thing that was right in front of me all along that I never... Content creation, man. Yeah, I never thought about. We live in the digital content age now, right? I mean, that's... um... I've just seen so much stuff lately where it's just like, yeah, I mean, content is, it's the smallest it's ever going to be right now, right? It's a growing industry mm-hmm. and there's an, a serious need for 
more talented creators. You know? Everybody needs, yeah, every, every everyone needs, needs content. Totally. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's photo, video, like drone, like it's just, it's going to just keep, I mean, everyone that you, for their personal brand, for their business, for mm-hmm. their company, you name it, like anyone, everyone could use better content. So it's so, only going to be a growing space. So what's your favorite content to create? Like, what is your favorite stuff that you get to make? Yeah, man. So I, I was kind of talking earlier. I have kind of like three different niches in mm-hmm. my video space. Um, I primarily do video. I don't really do much photo work anymore. Um, but weddings, real estate, and kind of commercial work. Um, commercial work is a lot more more of the creative side. So you're working with like local businesses, some brands here and there. Just worked with Vessi, which was super sick. So kind of making some content for them. Mm-hmm. So that's more like fun, creative stuff that normally I take on. I don't usually put to my team. Um, but I always say like I'm way more of like a business person than I am a creative so kind of growing and scaling the businesses I have that are I'm kind of running now um, are what I'm focusing on the most. Yeah. So for instance, weddings, real estate, I'm kind of like growing my team in each of those niches, right? So, um, you know, outsourcing to editors, springing on VAs, um, having a team of photographers that can basically go and service a, real, a listing um, when a lot of my repeat clients come and ask me. So it's no longer just me anymore doing it. And that's kind of where my passion really lies. It's kind of growing those sides of the businesses. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I love when I get to work with cool companies like Vessi and I don't know, like Levi or whatever, mm-hmm. all like anything like that. Right. And then, you and, did and that you, multi-tool company. I forget what they were called. <laughs> yeah. 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 Storis. Yeah. Storis. Yeah. Shout out Storis. Shout yeah. out Storis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So working with, um, you know, I work with Stavro Media for that. Like he's a good partner of mine. Um, okay. Love that man. Yeah. Super creative guy. Nice. Um, so just, yeah. Collabing on different projects like that with other creatives is super fun. That's more of like my creative work. And then I kind of have like my business side where, you know, you see like what Brittany's doing with JBJ and, mm-hmm. um, you know, what I'm kind of doing with SBM. It's uh, kind of similar business models, right? So using your team to basically have a, in a sense, an associate team to, you know, shoot more weddings because, you know, you can only shoot so much, right? Yourself before you just burn out or right. you, know, you can only be in so many places at once, right? Totally. You, know, you can't shoot five weddings a weekend by yourself. It's just impossible. So you know, it's funny. I was talking this morning to my, my homie, shout out Tony from iAdapt. He's just getting to this place that I think it's a common story on, you know, on, on every creatives, especially with video and photo uh, path. You know, you get to that place where you you start to have more work. Like so much of the early side, like this is where I am, is like trying to get more work, making calls, sending emails, mm-hmm. you know, scrolling through the Facebook groups for for shoots and stuff like that, building those relationships you get to this point where you suddenly have more coming in than you have hours in the day or than the balances that you want to have in your life. Mm-hmm. And I see it uh, crop up time and again, where it's like, okay, now I need to get my team together. Who are the people I trust? Who are the content creators I want to employ? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a whole nother suite of skills and an- another application of creativity that sounds like you're finding a lot of satisfaction in. Um, so yeah, I was talking to my friend who's just, he tapped me today and he's like, Hey, I'm starting my agency. You know, do you want to come on board? Do you want to you know, be one of my creators? And um, I'm like, Hey, yeah, you know, I, I have a lot to learn from people that have done this people like yourself. I know someday that I'll have my own version of that. Um, but it comes with it. There's a whole nother suite of skills to learn. You know, that's kind of where I'm hitting right now. I've learned how to use my camera. I trust my creative eye. I, I know the things that I love and hate about the work and the mm. stuff that I want to outsource and the stuff that I'm happy to do. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important too, man. It's like, you have to do it all yourself. Like when I first started back in 2020, yeah, I didn't have a team. I didn't, right. I was doing, I was YouTube university. I was hitting up my, my good buddies that were, you know, five, six years in the industry already. And I'm like, dude, how the hell do I send a proposal? How the hell do I, you know, write a cl- color uh, S log. Yeah, footage, right? yeah, how do I, yeah. We didn't have chat GBT back then. Right. right. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, learning curve was, was tough. Right. I mean, you have to, everyone's, every creative will go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get to this point where you know how to do everything and all of a sudden it makes no more, it doesn't make any more sense to do it all yourself because your time is so much more valuable than it was like for me when I first started out, but knowing how to do everything yourself, you know, knowing how to write those proposals, how to, you know, shoot, how to have dial in your camera settings, like, cause then you can start directing people. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's where like, it really comes in is like, I wouldn't be able to run a team now if I didn't know how to do it myself, you know? So yeah. Leveraging people because you already know how to, you know, 
shoot that yourself. You just don't want to be there because, you know, your time is so valuable mm-hmm. and better spent doing sales, you know, scaling the company, yeah, um, going to networking events, things like this, right? So how do you market yourself? Like how, what's your approach to marketing your business? Dude, I just love networking, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Love to network hundred percent. Um, I think, uh, I mean, I first started out, right. I was back in 2020 back here and I already had a pretty big network in the Bay area. Cause I grew up here born and raised, um, in the East Bay. So that was very, very helpful coming back to a place where I already knew people. So kind of just snowballing off of that, hitting up I first started in real estate, so I started, you know, shooting with different people I knew, family, friends, um, you know, people were kind of just letting me come on to shoot the, for them for free, basically. I was offering, I think I shot my first wedding for like $150. Nice. I think I shot my first real estate video for almost f- like literally free. Yeah. Um, probably free, actually. Um, $150 is a steal. <laughs> yeah, dog. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you got to start somewhere, right? Of and course. I think, um, you know, just honing in on your skills after that, right? And like once you start doing a great job, they'll want to refer you because they want to look good to their own clients and whatnot. So snowballing, snowballing off your current network and your clients is is super, super important. So and then going to like a ton of different like networking events. I have different like kind of, kind of systems to in place for my virtual assistants to like reach out to other, you know, clients via, you know, cold outreach, via calls. So that's a whole nother ball game, which mm-hmm. is, you know, definitely a can of worms. Um, but I think primarily just, you know, capitalizing off your current network and then just doing a good job, like doing high quality work for, you know, whatever niche you're in. And then the work will follow after that. Gotcha. Do you leverage social media? Do you do social oh, yeah. media marketing? Social media, as well? a lot of direct, a lot of sliding into DMs, man. That's yeah. like a big thing for sure. Go okay. on Instagram. Um, like for instance, Vessi, when I shot with them, I, mm-hmm. I slid into their DMs. You know, like don't be afraid to reach out to, you know, potential clients and be like, hey, I love your stuff, love your content. I think it would be a great fit. This is what I have to offer, you know? Um, offer them a problem, like offer to solve them a problem, whether it is like they need better, you know, photo content, mm-hmm. video content. Um, they need help with like their digital marketing, right? It's just, you know, offer them, say they'd have a, a problem somewhere that you can, you know, solve. That's the biggest thing. So yeah, I mean, marketing is huge. I spent, <laughs> this year has been all about marketing for me. It's just figuring out how to grow into these different kind of markets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of them being even the podcast market, right? right. Like this is right here. This is a huge trending market right now is, you know, short form video content for, you know, my clients, like realtors, for instance, they want you know, quick 15, 20, 30 second little clips of them talking about what's happening in the market right now, right? Um, like low inventory right now. I mean, the real estate industry has been kind of a shit show lately. Right. So yeah, that's been one How thing. How do you stand sure. out in the, in the, from the massive amount of listings out there? Totally, man. I mean, being a freaking realtor out here, it's like there's <laughs> everyone's mom is a realtor, I feel like, right? Yeah, Everyone, yeah. Everyone's a realtor trying to sell their, sell their homes. You get, as you, uh, you get to a certain age when you're, you know, setting off in your career and you start to see these different uh, vectors mm-hmm. that people take. They're like, how do I get out above the like entry level job pool? And that, you know, as I get older, the real estate one you see, oh, this guy goes into real estate. Oh, that's like your path that you're following, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it mirrors in some ways like what I'm doing. It, it's got its own, its own ladder to climb. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's fun. I, I, I did some research. I looked at, looked at your site and I was like, I checked. I liked that the uh, the real estate video you did with the drone shots of the realtor running up the mountain. She's like, oh, yeah, check yeah, out the yeah, trail. Yeah. It's right next to the house. Yeah, know? she's a funny client. She's a funny client. <laughs> it's like, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, she always Putting wants to do very creative shoes. stuff. Yeah, totally. totally. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm actually redesigning the website as well right now. I just hired on a web developer, so nice. that's the next big step for me. And that's part of marketing, right? Yeah. Like, you know, getting better SEO, getting better, you know, a better website to attract the right clients. Um, that's not a big thing, too. Do you get cold leads in just coming in um, organically? I'm starting to a lot more now. I've been having my, one of my big goals this year is to get more Google reviews. So like, you know, having my assistants like reach out to like past clients and, you know, get five-star Google reviews so that, you know, my business looks good on Google. And, um, you know, I've been seeing a little bit more coming mm-hmm. through Google, but I mean, that's, you got, it takes a lot. I mean, I don't, I don't run any Google ads or anything like that. I haven't seen any ROI in that, yeah. um, at least for like small businesses. Mm-hmm. If you get to more like medium to large size, you get a little more, a little more ROI on that. But for me, I haven't done that just because I haven't heard from anyone telling yeah. me it's worth it. So, for sure. how yeah. big is your team? 
I mean, you're in the Slack channel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, probably about, I mean, creatives here in the Bay Area, I think about like 15 to 20 okay. is the team of photographers and videographers I leverage now for weddings and for real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my team abroad, so I outsource a ton, right? I have kind of like their in-house editors, but I mean, they're not here. Right. They solely work for me, which is awesome, but I have one kind of like full-time assistant that works for me 40 plus hours a week. And then I have different kind of editors for different projects. So I have like a commercial editor who does like a lot of commercial work for me. Um, I have real estate editors, real estate photographers, um, or editors who do real estate photography mm-hmm. work. Um, I have a wedding production company that basically just does my wedding edits for me. So I, I don't edit anymore. <laughs> nice. I only, I only edit like the edits that I really want to, or I'm trying to really impress or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Or if it's for my own brand, then maybe I'll edit myself, but for sure. I completely and fully leverage, um, outsourcing because your time's too it. valuable. My time's too valuable, man. I mean, it's you want to... I have the same feelings. There's definitely like doing this, doing everything, wearing mm-hmm. all the hats. There are certain things that I'm like, I can't wait to outsource this. Totally. I did editing's there. Like I, I like to edit and it, especially when it's my own creative projects or like you said, like it's directly my brand. Like I do a lot of shooting as contractors for people like yourself, other brands. But when I'm doing direct to client, like I want to have full creative control. Totally. And I know that that will change as I scale. I'm going to get to a place where it makes more sense for me to, you know. Yeah. And you can only do it when you're in a place financially where it makes sense. Right. Yeah. So if you look at your breakdown, your, your time hourly, like, I mean, for me, it takes what, 15, 20 hours to edit a wedding film. If I'm paying my guys like 200, $300 to edit my wedding film. I mean, my hourly is but basically that or more mm-hmm. i cannot justify sitting down to do 10 15 hours to edit a wedding film because sure. i just one don't have that time and two i could never pay myself what i could pay my my editing team yeah to do it for me you well, know especially it's like, that it's editing's become such like the marketplace is an international one so you're competing against a guy in bangladesh or totally. in I eastern mean, europe or you yeah. know like and my guys, like my assistants in the Philippines, my real estate photography editors are in India, my commercial editors in Serbia, like mm-hmm. they're all over the world, right? But I mean, the dollar goes so far in places like that. And yeah. we understand, I mean, we've been there, like it's the Philippines, I could live off of like $15 a day, totally probably less, Yep. you know? So the dollar just goes super, super far there. And, and you're able to leverage that to grow. And you're also in the same time, like people always ask me like, Oh, ethics wise, like, do you not feel bad about like paying someone like mm-hmm. $7, $10 an hour? Um, and the honest question is no, I, I, I don't actually feel bad because I'm actually providing for them, you know, a really good wage yeah, in comparison totally. to what their like local jobs would be. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've been to these places, the Philippines, it's pretty third world at times, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, you know, it's not necessarily like Western culture civilization. Right. Um, it's a good, it, I it's, mean, it's a, the cost of living is so much lower it's that it's so still a decent rate that, for them. I mean, um, it's a really, really good rate for them, 100%. So that's kind of how I uh, I view it. Totally. But what do you, like, you know, just thinking about hearing your story and your background, your education, like, you could have done so many things business-wise. Why did you choose videography? Like, why Why video? You know, um, and like I said, I've already, I've already said I'm more of a business person than I am a video, videographer, yeah. I think. Um, I love video and I, you know, how I got into it now is from travel content. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like we said, like the market is growing in the content space and it's the smallest it's ever going to be right now. It's just, it's going to continue to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so, I mean, I think I'm lucky that I kind of got into it when I did because mm-hmm. it is a growing space and that's kind of always what you want to work in is a growing emerging market, Yeah, um, which it for sure is. Uh, and I think a lot of other businesses, I mean, we're service-based providers, right? And like, for instance, for weddings and real estate, that's a scalable business, you know? Uh, there's a roadmap. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Mm-hmm. There's like a roadmap to follow. Um, like for instance, Brittany and JBJ, they are, yeah. you know, crushing it right now, right? And they have you know, done fantastic the last like five years, just kind of growing their team, you know, paving the way. And Brittany is like a great mentor and a great friend of mine now. So just kind of, you know, learning from her, learn by doing, making a lot of mistakes, right? Um, that's kind of how I've been doing it. You sure. know, it's been working out great for me. I'm what, two and a half years in now and I'm doing not bad that's for two awesome. and a half years. So yeah, 
I think don't reinvent the wheel. That's for sure. That's the one advice I would say. Yeah. Keep it easy and keep it, keep it simple. Keep it stupid, man. You know, find good mentors and, and yeah, just learn from them. Don't have to teach everything yourself. Like YouTube university is great, but if you can find some people who, um, you know, you trust and that you can kind of like talk business with all the time, like that's a great step in the right direction is just surround yourself with people who truly want to see you succeed and vice versa. And then just learning off each other. Right. Yeah. Mentors are so important. So important, man. And, you know, both in like finding them externally and being your own mentor. I know Mm -hmm. for years I was like, if I could just find that senior videographer who could take me under their wing and like, you know, show me. And then I kind of had to do that for myself. And then through that, I found people to learn from. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in this cool position where I have a couple friends that I'm able to do that for. And like, that's such a valuable and rewarding thing is when you're able to give that back to the next generation or to someone that maybe has a little less experience. Totally. What comes around goes around, right, man. I'm mm-hmm. like, I want to at some point kind of hand down what I've learned as well to people um, and mentor other people as mm-hmm. well that are kind of, you know, just starting out in the market. Cause like we said, it's a growing market and they're going to be a ton of photographers and filmmakers that are emerging in the next couple of years. And that's why you see all these like online courses come out right now, right? Different podcasts being set up. Mm-hmm. I know right now I'll give a little shout out to Shoot Your Shot. And then they're, have you seen them? By, no, um, no. Yeah, Shoot Your Shot. They're down in LA. Okay. Um, just connected to them like last weekend and they cool. just launched their podcast about basically the creative community, um, especially down in LA and they're more woman focused. So woman content creators. Nice. Um, but I think they've got like a few episodes out now and they're, they're crushing it. So. Sweet. Shout out Shoot Your Shot. Yeah. Shout out Shoot Your Shot. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So nah, man, it's, uh, it's been a fun ride. It's been a fun ride for sure. It's been crazy. It's only been three years. So, right. um, pretty wild to, to see that, but you know, gotta stay humble as well. And like, there's, <laughs> I've done well, but there's so much more market to be had yeah. market share to be explored. So yeah, it's definitely only up from here, I think. And gotta just keep grinding. Speaking of grinding, yeah. um, something I like to ask creatives what what are your peak creative hours or productive hours of the day, I should say? Oh, man. You know, it used to be – and I have some crazy creative friends that like are just like they work all hours of the night. Yeah. And I don't edit as much anymore, right? So mm-hmm. like for what I do, I, I kind of outsource and I have my editing team now. So I used to edit way late into the night, especially for real estate because it would have to be like a quick 24-hour turnaround. Pardon me. Quick 24-hour turnaround and I was kind of just like I had to get it done for the client for the next day. So I would work till like 2 a.m. or whatever to make sure I finish that real estate video or edit those photos so that I can set them in the morning. But now it's like, because I leverage a team that's abroad, my evening is their morning most of the time. So when I upload to them, they're working on it already overnight and they're able to get it back to me, um, you know, within what, 10 to 12 hours, depending on Quick little camera break. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean hey. to interrupt no, you or cut you off. Ooh, ooh, um, ooh. Yeah, so that's like a big thing is leveraging those teams that are abroad because they are awake when you're sleeping. So it's passive in a way, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, while you're sleeping, your business is still running. So Nice. Um, yeah, I, th- I feel like that's part of every every creative person's path is like identifying what your peak hours are. For me, it's like 12 to 5, 12 to 6. Mm-hmm. And I, I know when I was just starting out, there was like a bit of... Oh, shit. A bit of... That cat is, uh, <laughs> cat's a goner. <laughs> yeah, I had to like come... I had to like accept that about myself. Yeah. You know, there was a little bit of shame that like the peak or that the average like 9 to 5 didn't work for me as much. Tell me, man. And I think that that's the, you know, how a lot of people find their way into this kind of work. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, like... I don't really fit into the traditional box of 40 hour work weeks and, you know, maybe I get some weekends off and, you know, like I know that I like to, as someone who likes to travel, like 15 days off of the year just doesn't cut it for me. Oh bro. It's wild to me, man. Like, I mean, I, all my best friends are obviously like in corporate jobs and stuff and, you know, mad respect to them for being able to Mm -hmm. do it. But knowing like what we do, it's like, I could never put myself in a box of, you know, 40 plus hours a week and then you know, like 15 to 20 days off, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, per year. 
I took off for the Philippines for like what almost a month and a half. <laughs> you can't do that when you're working a corporate job, right? Right. It's just impossible. Um, and I have college to thank for that actually, because when I was figuring it out, um, I think like, like sophomore year, I started working for like this just internship for this like accounting firm. And it was like over the summer I had to do it. I wasn't getting paid for it. And I just hated my life doing it. <laughs> I hated it. And I was like, wow, I could never do this for the rest of my life. You know? And that really like opened my eyes up to, oh shit, I don't want this for myself. How do I not do this? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of what was like, all right, find ways to not, you know, climb the corporate ladder and get out of that rat race. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad for like the third time. Oh, right now. nice. Um, and they talk a lot about that, right? Sure. It's just kind of getting out of the rat race. And But know, it sounds like you're about to potentially become your own corporate ladder. <laughs> Maybe, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, we'll see. I don't have any full-time employees yet, yeah, but yeah. Um, that would be cool. Would be cool. I, wouldn't, out. I wouldn't mind uh, wouldn't my extra help, but yeah. So Here's a question for you. Yeah. Who is inspiring you right now? Can you point like who is a creator bro. that is like that has got you fired up about this? Uh, I mean, right off the bat, Sam Yoon. I mean, I was just down there for his film festival. What last weekend? Okay. I was just down for a quick little two day trip. Um, happy birthday, Sam! If you're watching this, um, is absolute legends. I've worked with Sam a few times in the last couple of years, and he's like a pretty big YouTuber and he does like a lot of kind of content for um, big brands. He's a Canon ambassador. He travels all the time. He's like big in the travel industry, which I obviously love because big travel guy myself. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely was watching him and a few other guys, um, when I was kind of getting into the kind of content space and now to call him my buddy as well is pretty wild. And, um, just going down there and seeing like what he's been accomplishing down in LA and he's kind of put together this kind of community, um, down there, which has been awesome to be a part of um yeah the premiere went amazing yeah what, what was the tell me about the, the premiere what was yeah that for? so basically he hosts every year for his birthday i think it was like this this fourth or fifth one he hosts like this like film premiere where basically he just invites all of his like kind of creative friends down there um and they premiere different kind of short films narratives docs whatever um just like really just impressive creative work that's just kind of always pushing the envelope of you know, creativity and mm-hmm. the independent filmmaking space. So yeah, it's really awesome to just go down there and see all these like super talented filmmakers just come together and, you know, one network and two, just be part of something I think bigger than himself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Sam's done really well down in LA. Nice. So is yeah, he a filmmaker as well? He's he? a filmmaker. Yeah. He's a filmmaker. He's a YouTuber. Um, there's like a lot of like kind of content with, um, different brands taking them, uh, internationally. Okay. Um, so yeah, what's, that's what's one his guy for channel sure. called? Sam Newton, I think that's just his channel. How do you spell the last name? N e w t o n. Okay. I think. Yeah. Nice. I'm putting yeah. you on the hot seat for that one. Hot seat. Yeah. So <laughs> Sam's definitely up there. Yeah. Um, don't want to keep sucking his dick. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's up there for sure. Um, man, a few other creatives. Um, I got to meet. Well, another thing is about the film premiere is I get to meet some amazing people. So Eric right. Floberg is one of them. Okay. Um, he's a super talented filmmaker, photographer. Um, really just awesome creative business owner as well. And I respect that about him. Um, Danny Gewurz, He's awesome. Love that guy. Shout out. Yeah. Danny. Um, he's just been making his own film actually. Um, like this kind of short film, which I have yet to watch, but I'm super stoked to watch that. Nice. Um, he kind of has like this, he does like a whole bunch of like behind the scenes on how he, you know, basically creates his films just like from like start to finish. So mm-hmm. yeah, as a, an emerging content creator, highly recommend to follow him. He's got some really, really good stuff out there. Um, who else? Who else in the creators? There's so many guys. I mean, there's have, so have you many. ever thought about making about filmmaking for yourself? Like a kind of launching like a course or something like that, or or just making a fit like you know directing yeah, or totally man, absolutely. I actually, well, it's funny. I, mean, I don't know if I'm gonna drop this now, but I would actually love to launch a premiere of my own, like mm-hmm. a kind of film premiere of my own later this year in the Bay Area. Okay, so I'm uh, working towards that. Probably won't talk about it too much on the sure, podcast, but. Sure um definitely working towards Pokers in the fire yeah working towards something like that um so we'll we'll chat more about that another time maybe we can totally. come on the podcast again when yeah I'm, when i've when great. i've totally kind of planned a little bit more around that but sure. that is in the works for later in the winter nice. so yeah making working my own like kind of short doc short film okay. well so, maybe this answers this question but yeah. i'm curious well, another thing i like to ask you know creators when they come on is um what's your holy grail is there a holy grail for sam bennett like 
my holy grail that's yeah. a great question dog um i mean i definitely want to keep just scaling the company so scaling to be more than myself so breaking the kind of creative struggle the so solopreneur struggle is where my heart really is so kind of growing a team to be 30 40 50 creatives plus so that i'm no longer really even shooting as much anymore and mm. i'm just kind of managing my team and directing a lot more and um kind of growing in that way so you know i mean we've talked about it i love to travel i, mm-hmm. I have other interests besides just you know business 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 right, right. And i think it's kind of what life's about right like i love business i love doing that but i also love enjoying my life too right so totally. being able to have time to take off for the philippines or asia for two months or yeah to india and do like a two-month trek and just you know kind of disconnect from the world is super important to me and i think growing a business is the only way to really kind of do that because you can't really do that with a corporate job or maybe yeah. if you're a teacher and you take off two months for the summer <laughs> but other than that then you can't really afford to go do that right sorry right. sorry teachers but yeah totally not to bash them but yeah no i uh i think something like that would be my holy grail is just to kind of grow the business more to be you know i'll just drop a number in there a yeah. million dollar company in, in, okay. in you know uh, few years right so we'll see what happens but i would love to kind of grow in those spaces and just make sure that um i'm never stagnant so oh, never stagnant i like that that's that's like your uh stand-up comedy special name <laughs> sam bennett never stagnant yeah dog. um is there such a thing like when you think about this dream your your company your dreams for your company uh is there an ideal size is it something that you want to scale inevitably or is there something that's like a good stable size that you think of that, you know, I know for myself personally, like I have no desire to work or be part of a large organization. There's almost like a certain number of, there's like that sweet spot where yeah. it starts to get lose kind of identity. Yeah. Um, do you have an image in your mind of what that looks like? Or maybe you want to be the biggest media company in the world i don't know i don't want to be the biggest media company in the world um i definitely think i want to be like on that medium size for sure um and that could change i don't really know Mm -hmm. honestly i think um i just met with a catering company three nights ago and i mean they're doing seven million a year right now in revenue which is baffles me and they have 75 employees and you know i met the owner and he's just such a cool guy and you know he's done super well for himself been in the business for like 30 plus years right and so he's very experienced um, you know, works in events, weddings, whatnot. Right. And you kind of just see how much, you know, he started by himself and how much, you know, he kind of grew into, um, he grew into becoming a business owner. Right. And I think, uh, I could easily see that for myself and for other creatives who really just focus on the business side of things. Um, so yeah, I think, um, medium size, I would love to onboard employees at some point right now. I'm still leveraging contractors, but I definitely um, see myself scaling to, I don't know, maybe 25 people when mm-hmm. I kind of really establish more of a name for myself. I mean, I'm still pretty young, right? Yeah. 25 years old. Nice, so, dude. Yeah, kind of still figuring things out yeah, as we totally. all are, you know, mm-hmm. as we all are. But yeah, yeah, definitely got definitely got big goals. And I think that's a big thing, right, as well as, you know, setting your sights for the freaking moon. Yeah, you totally. know. Do you... Uh... What do you think, you know, what, what is important in establishing a successful business? Like wh- what are some lessons that you've learned in creating your business, uh, in, you know, how do you get the system running so that it's kind of this perpetual motion machine? You know, it, are, have you learned any lessons along the way of that you think are making your business more or less successful? Yeah. I mean, I think in each industry, it's slightly different, but just making just offering like the highest quality service possible, right? Like going above and beyond with every client to make them keep coming back, right? So for realtors, like, you know, offering them free services here and there and making sure everything's on time and the quality is good. So that's the struggle with scaling as well is like once you start like um, offloading more work and work to other people, you may lose quality here and there, right? So you have Mm -hmm. to like, it's a fine line between, you know, not losing quality, but also unloading you know, your, your work. Cause you can only do so much. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to unlo- unload work in order to grow. So, yeah. um, yeah, I would say like kind of just dancing on that fine line. So just making sure that your clients are happy with you, your business, um, you're both growing together. 
Um, I mean, that's how I always look at every client. It's like a partnership almost, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like money being exchanged to service, right? You're a service provider. But my ultimate goal is to be able to also grow alongside them, right? So making sure that my clients really love my service and they keep coming back for more. Um, the personal touch. The personal touch, right? And that's why Sam Bennett Media, I'm still the face of the brand, right? Yeah. You know, and it helps. It helps grow. And until a certain point where you're very distant, I think, from from your brand, then it's like maybe you have to rebrand or, you know. But I think, uh, yeah, just keeping the white glove service almost, like mm-hmm. making sure everything, your clients are super happy. Do you uh, Do you think a lot about your own like work-life balance? Like how many hours a week yeah. do you, would, you, would you say you work right now? Oh, man, it varies, bro. Like it, it's some like when I first started, my work-life balance was not healthy. <laughs> like I started – I think it's like any creative or business mm-hmm. owner, right? They start and they're just fucking swamped with work because there's so many things. If you're you have lucky. To, yeah. If you're, well, yeah. I mean, there's always so many things you can do from sales to marketing to yeah. finances to accounting to bookkeeping. Like there's so many things you can do. Um, graphic design. Like any – there's literally so many avenues of just work that you can just focus on, um, which you can get really lost, you know, in the sauce for just kind of figuring things out. Um especially when you're beginning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say um, making sure you have like a north, like a compass almost like keeping, reminding yourself why you're doing it and uh, keeping uh, keeping focused. So, Do you have a goal of like, you know, what's your ideal, you know, number of hours a week if you had to think about it? Like where... Where you have that good work-life balance, it's it's such an elusive thing. Totally, I guess for... I didn't really answer your question. Actually, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, I kind of how said, dare you? <laughs> yeah, focus. Which I mean, yeah, it's tough to do when you're working like sixty plus hours a week. No, I, I think when I started out, I was probably working way too much, like probably sixty plus hours a week. Okay, um, just trying to get the business off the ground running. I think as I started um, leveraging, you know, assistants and shooters, and my time started becoming more free. Um, and then I kind of, I mean, we're, we're very seasonal as well. Like real estate seasonal weddings are definitely seasonal. So, I mean, for me, like March to August is just swamped. Like I have tons of weddings, so events, corporate stuff, um, real estate kind of pops off in the summer as well. So, I mean, May to July, I'm just fucking, just don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm busy for sure. It's grind, grind, grind. Um, but yeah, so I think seasonal, I, I definitely am still, round the clock for that. But I mean, October, November, December, things start slowing down a bit, like November, December, especially like that's why I took off for Asia mm-hmm. because I have the team in place now to kind of work for a few shoots that we do have. And then I can kind of take some time off and go to the Philippines, go to India. Right. Yeah. Um, so seasonal in a sense, but also, yeah, I mean, it's definitely when it picks up, it picks up. Um, and then just kind of maintaining that work-life balance is can be tricky for sure. That's why having a team's nice because you know, you're not, just doing it yourself anymore. You're able to leverage people and, you know, leverage your time better. So. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you like I'm trying to get to that place where I take off like January, February. I hate February. So February has been all right, but it's usually my least favorite month of the year. And I'm, the last two years I've been like, I need to get to a place where I can just leave for this month. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, but January was really rough this year. I'm like, man, I'm here, I'm paying like expensive rent, cost of living's high. I got to get things dialed so I can just go. You that's know, just everyone though. Live on this, a beach. I mean, we're in a recession. Yeah. I mean, that's everyone in this market right now. Every creative I think has been seeing less work come through the pipeline in the last couple of months. I think that's not um, completely unheard of. I mean, it is seasonal, right? Like mm-hmm. it will pick up again, I guarantee you. Um, I mean, January, February was probably, it was really slow for me too, honestly. Like it was not as like quick or as much work going around, especially in real estate as there probably have been last year. Um, But that's kind of also why it's good to, you know, one pivot the market and two have different streams of revenue, right? So not just focusing on real estate, right? Doing real estate, weddings, corporate work, whatever, Mm -hmm. like having multiple sources of leads so that you're not just, you know, all your eggs are in one basket because then you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot. If say the real estate industry is just super slow and dead, you know, and your income is that <laughs> versus if you do real estate weddings, say you do portraits for seniors, like also very seasonal, right? So yeah, doing multiple things is, is very helpful. Nice. 
So you're a Sony man like myself. I oh, we're getting to gear. Yeah, let's get to into some gear, Uh-oh. dude. Uh, Gearhead. Do you? It, what's your dream camera right now that you don't own? That I don't own. Yeah. Um. Apologies to all of you. This is some inside baseball, but gear you, matters. Gear matters. So gear. Ma- no, it doesn't. It really doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it does to an extent. It does to an extent. Um. I mean, I honestly have my for what I have for for client work. Yeah. I shoot my main camera as my Sony A7S3. Um, That's I mean, what I've you're got, being captured on right now. Love that. Yeah. See, great camera. <laughs> yeah. um, Sony, please sponsor me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Sony A7S3 is my main cam. My B cam is Sony A7 III. My dream camera would probably be like an FX6 right now. Um, so sticking with the Sony, mm-hmm. Sony mounts. Um, that but, internal variable ND. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, for honestly, like, unless I have like really high end commercial work that come into the pipeline, weddings, I don't really want the big setup. No. Um, real estate, I don't want the big setup. Yeah. I want mirrorless. Yeah, running gun, you know, baby. I have every lens under the planet now that I need for my shoots. So I don't see myself buying a new camera body for mm-hmm. at least the next year or two. Um, I mean, I, unless I have like, made too much and I need to bring my, uh, my taxable income down this next year, Yeah, uh, which I just had a meeting with my tax guy earlier today. So we'll have to see about that. But yeah, I would say my dream camera is not important for business right now. So what, what's the lens that you use the most? 2470. Oh yeah. Easy. Yeah. Are you a G master or Sigma? Sigma dog. Yeah. I mean, the G master is like a really nice lens for sure, yeah. but I mean, it's what an extra grand or something like that. Oh yeah, for sure. The Sigma is that's what Butter. that's what that one is. Yeah, we probably, that, we have the that same camera, one. that that setup is perfect. It's funny because my friend, shout out Alexa, uh, if you're watching this, she's got a G Master, and she just I just talked her into getting an A7S3. So like, I've gotten to look at her footage and mine side by side. Mm-hmm. I have the Sigma lens; she has the G Master lens, mm-hmm. and I love my Sigma. I feel like it's like even a more neutral lens, but there's something about that G Master that does like I get it. It has this like look to it that's very like creamy, very buttery. Totally. But is it throw worth, a pro mist on there and you'll yeah. be just fine? Is you it, know, make is it, it little, worth make it a little soft? Yeah. You'll is be it fine. worth a thousand dollars, twelve hundred, whatever extra? I'm not sure. The answer you know? is no. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The answer is no. It's exactly. not. But I mean, if you really, really want it, yeah, who might have stop you? You know. But I feel like, especially if you're starting out, save your money. Mm-hmm. Lenses don't. I mean, they're nice to have, but it's more important to find clients that will keep paying you, not spending your money on lenses that yeah. don't necessarily will get you more work. You know, that's totally. not going to make or break you. Um, I will say, you know, my camera has gotten me more work. Like my A7, when I bought my A7S3. Totally. And there's a level to like, I mean, yeah, gear matters to an extent. Like mm-hmm. you got to have like those mirrorless setups in order to shoot weddings, in order to shoot real estate. Yep. Um, A7S three is a phenomenal camera. I mm-hmm. mean, it's technically a cinema camera, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, that's, you hear that Netflix, put it on your <laughs> list. Is it not on the Netflix list? No, it's so I lame. Think the it's my biggest bone to FX3 pick FX three is. Yeah. But for some so reason, stupid because it's like the exact it's same, the quality same sensor, same color science. For some reason they didn't put the A7S three. They did put, I think there's some cannons and some even Panasonic's on there that are mm-hmm. like inferior in a lot of ways but, yeah um it's funny because i have this camera that i know i could shoot a feature film on totally and most you know it would look great oh, you yeah. know if you shot it in the back settings and all that but yeah um no doubt no doubt what yeah. do you how do you handle like at your weddings how do you handle audio um i usually have so you're talking about like ceremony you're talking about like toast like sure like i mean you know you get your i'm sure you have your Zoom yeah. coming out of the board. I got my Zoom but... H4N coming out of the the deck, and what do you that's use my, for my backup? Backup, for the, yeah. For the I mic. use some Tascam DR10Ls for I think yeah DR10Ls for labs for lavalier mics. Okay. I'll mic the groom up. I'll mic the officiant up. Um, oof, that doesn't sound good. Um, I'll have on camera audio just to sync that. Usually have like one shotgun going just in case for like reaction stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have usually like. For toast, I'll have like um, a little Sony mic recorder as well, just somewhere maybe near a speaker just mm-hmm. in case all else fails. Redundancy. Yeah, I'll put that either like in the actual mic itself with a sleeve or I'll um, put it somewhere because audio matters. Audio does matter and having shit audio is fucking shit. So this thing, 
Uh, is that what we have? Yep. You got uh, one of these? It's, it's similar. I this mean, is it's like the same. one of my favorite. You slide that guy into yeah. a microphone. Yeah. It's one of my favorite uh, pieces of tech I've bought in the last couple of years. This thing is like, I, I have actually started using this depending on the client uh, for, you know, to replace a lab for totally. first looks or ceremonies. Just slide in the pocket. You put it in the pocket. It looks yeah. like an e-cigarette, like a vape. And it's like very low profile, you yeah. know? And it's got like a, I don't know, Sony's developed some sort of technology that makes it like have a three foot radius of pickup, mm -hmm. but it doesn't pick up like ambient noise very much. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Some of the people, a lot of people I shoot for are like happy with this audio. Yeah. I think that you're probably getting better stuff out of a lab, but probably but it's good enough it's good know? enough and that's my friends is the name of the game yeah. good enough is you, perfection's impossible not right? just good good, good enough. enough yeah it's uh perfection's truly impossible getting and that's the thing about like i mean editors right i mean mm -hmm. people always like oh no i want to make sure it's like perfect i'm just like your work's not even perfect dog right. like you just gotta i mean my editors will get to like 95 percent, and if i go in there and do my like my last little touch up and the final project file by all means, mm -hmm. you know, but nothing will ever be perfect truly. So letting go of perfection is super important in the creative world. Yeah. Otherwise you never put anything out. Totally. You know? It's something that I've, especially with this podcast, it's been such an exercise for me of making and releasing mm -hmm. and forget, like not forgetting, but like I don't watch or listen to a lot of these episodes after I release them in the beginning. I listen to like everyone mm -hmm. Some of them were painful. I would agonize over my mistakes. But you get to a place where it's like, I almost feel like when, as soon as this is like out in the ether and I release it, it's mm -hmm. not for me anymore. It's for whoever finds this interesting and whoever is enjoying it. And totally. I almost, you don't, as an artist, as a creator, you don't get to decide how people react to your content. It's like not my place, whether they love it or they hate it. All I can do is be authentic mm -hmm. in the way that I want to make and the way that I want to create. And, and then the, it's up to the audience to determine whether or not they're interested in it. And I do believe that we all have an audience out there. Oh, 100%. You know, the, 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 the internet has, has made it possible for that to be a non-localized solution. Mm -hmm. You know, there's people all over the world who might enjoy what we're talking about right now. That's the thing about like you know, online businesses and content is that the internet is limitless, right? I mean, you have all of a sudden access to not your local, you know, your local community. You all of a sudden have access to the great wide internet where everyone has access to. So yeah, you're, there's no ceiling. Mm -hmm. There's no ceiling. Southeast Asia. Tell me what's, what's, what was your favorite spot you visited in, the, in your travels? Um, yes. I mean, the clear cut answer is Thailand. I was about two and a half months in Thailand. Okay. Um, Back in 2019, for if those of you who have not been to Thailand, it's absolutely breathtaking. I mean, you got the north, the south, you got Bangkok, you got, there's just so much to see and do there. I mean, the food's amazing. The mm -hmm. people are like the friendliest on the planet. Um, you got like the most beautiful beaches on the planet, maybe besides the Philippines, which are also fantastic. Um, yeah, the entire country itself is like super diverse, right? So you can fit so many different kinds of trips into just one country. Um, like in the north, you have the elephants, you have like the elephant sanctuaries, you have um, like all the temples, you have just the amazing food, you have um, the different like scooter loops you can do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, there's just endless, endless things to do um, in both the north and the south. In the south, you have like the beautiful beaches, you got the parties, you got, um, yeah, it, it, there's just a ton to do there. It's, it's just so much fun. Um, I didn't want to leave <laughs> when I was there, honestly. I was like, I was itching to just stay there, mm -hmm. um, but I, that was my first stop on my trip. I was like, "Dang, I gotta, gotta keep going to keep exploring." How so, many months did you travel for? I was in Asia before I went to to Vietnam. I was there for about six months, um, and then I went to Vietnam to basically hunker down. You found that place, Ho Chi Minh City in Saigon. English um, teaching program or something? I did. Yeah, I, I already had my TEFL, and I was kind of just mobbed there. Found the job pretty quick. Nice. And then COVID. So, yeah. 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 Shout out to my Vietnam roommates. But that was, <laughs> uh, we had a really cool expat community there. And I love that. It was uh, a lot of fun for while I was there. I mean, Ho Chi Minh City is a super cool place mm -hmm. and um, huge expat community, like I said, and great food, 
good vibes all around. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. if you're ever a teacher there, it's like you're living like a king with the kind of salary you'd be making. Um, and then also you combine that with like a little bit of content or a little side hustle. It's, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, cost of living, like we talked about earlier, super low in Vietnam. One of the lowest on the planet. I mean, you can live off of basically nothing there. And I think my rent was 200 bucks a month, you know, and I had my own play my own room bathroom nice we had a maid <laughs> it was like wild so live and laugh you know exactly so you can't really beat it um if, if but, you were uh you know let's say you were offered you know someone was like i want to produce a youtube channel or some sort of content that you're going to be the host of that you're going to create what do you think that would be what would your show be about um it would definitely be about traveling. That okay. is for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I follow a lot of travel content creators, so I've. What's I've the seen. Sam Bennett travel show? Oh man. Um, maybe like a bunch of like challenges and stuff. I love the chat. Like, I ran a marathon last year. Nice. I'm obviously doing this like 30 day plant based challenge right now. We were chatting about before we got on the podcast. Oh yeah. Like, I love challenging that. myself physically and mentally. Right. So just kind of pushing myself to travel to who the hell knows with just a backpack and by myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I love putting myself in environments like that. Um, I think it's super important for me just as a person to grow. Um, and I also just love being solo and seeing the world on my own. Um, so probably something around that, um, either traveling food related. Um, yeah, maybe like shoestring budget type, type of content. Um, I actually did. I hosted like a couple food shows like i was like a host for this like vietnamese youtube channel for like a hot second okay when i was out in vietnam so i had a little bit of experience funny enough like doing a bunch of like street food vendor tours nice um in saigon so that was actually a lot of fun but yeah i probably wouldn't be that if i had like a dream dream show but i mean i'm have you seen like you've seen like yes theory um no you've never seen yes theory no wow, no. okay man like they're they're huge in the travel okay game now and they do a lot of like travel-related content and traveling to, like, the most remote places and being the coolest people. So mm-hmm. it would probably be something similar to that. Nice. Um, yeah. I have a dream of a of the travel show myself. It's funny, like, YouTube has been such a utility for me. Mm. And I know that for a lot of people, it's a huge source of entertainment. And I've done, you know, I'll go on, like, my, you know, rabbit hole dives about video editing techniques or, you know, reviews or, mm-hmm. you know, like like you i i am self-taught everything off youtube university pretty much um but i haven't like jumped into even like checking out the content that i myself want to create which is like more along those you know i have a travel show idea i have this dream of you know just flying to burma and going doing the whole thing mm-hmm. spending a year free travel making content as i go and just got to find the right financial base for it or get the, get the, you know, the, I think one way to do it would be to get the digital marketing apparatus to the point where I can choose a city, turn on the knobs, have, have my campaigns tailored to where I can run ads. Yeah. Have I the mean, work lined or up. Or just start pitching agencies, right? I mean, yeah. that's like a big thing. It's just like, you know, offering like travel agencies, um, like resorts, hotels, whatever, just like like partner with these guys mm-hmm. and that's kind of how you can get your stuff paid for. I myself haven't even done it enough because I've just been focusing so much work here. Yeah. Like locally wise. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just shoot people like have an offer and you know, you're never going to know until you shoot your shot, right? And just send it out. Shoot your shot. <laughs> that's must just be in my head when I said that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I use that in the right, is that in the right way? I don't know. Yeah, no, I think it, no, I'll that's definitely in the right way. Yeah. But, yeah. No, um, yeah. I would say definitely just, um, yeah reaching out mm-hmm. and, and finding partnerships like that. Um, cause when honestly like picking up a camera and knowing what to do with a camera is like the biggest life hack. Cause you can just take that anywhere you go. Totally. Um, yeah, you can literally bring that anywhere and leverage that to your advantage because everyone needs content. Like we yeah, said, right. You know, sure. Whether you're a business hotel, personal brand, you know, you can find an offer that will be good enough to sell to anyone, you know, and then it's just knowing how to sell that, that service or that offer. I so. love that, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna be bothering you in the future more <laughs> more more on that. And um, as I'm also, I mean, I get so definitely. Please do. Yeah, um, yeah. But Creative Rise, um, 
my buddy Joey out there. He is a owns um, Creative Rise podcast. He's fantastic. Like what they the value they bring to that podcast. If mm-hmm. you're a creator, yeah, um, is just go and binge that, and cool. you'll learn so much, so so much. Um, yeah, Joey's freaking animal. He's super knowledgeable and. Um, yeah, it just drops dimes almost every episode. So oh, yeah. Yeah, for any creative that's like All looking to, dimes. you know, break their first six figures mm-hmm. or whatnot, those guys are killer. That's what was the name like of the podcast again? Creative Rise. Creative Rise. With a, no E, creative with no E. And then, yeah. So. Cool. Curative. <laughs> no, yeah. So C-R-E, creative, and then Rise. Gotcha. But, oh, yeah. no E at the end. At the end of the first creative. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So. Yeah, no, a little plug for them, but they're for, they're freaking awesome. Yeah. So yeah, highly recommend. What advice would you give to a young videographer just starting out? Oh man, you know, to a young videographer getting ready to get their first camera. Oh man, um, you know, do it. Just send it. Right. Yeah. I think we're like I said, we're in this market now where, I mean, it's the smallest it's ever going to be. I think it's just an emerging market still. It's still growing. Um, you know, get in early. I think um, we're super lucky that we're in this market now. I think in the next five years, especially with how things are going with like crazy tech, right? You got mm-hmm. AI coming in. Like so many jobs are going to become obsolete. Yeah. Um, and honestly, creativity is pretty hard to replicate, I think, even with things like AI. Mm-hmm. So I think um, just, you know, buy that first camera, YouTube University it up, get into full-time filmmaker. Those are great. Those guys are great. Oh, have you done um, any? I wanted to ask you, have you done any of those pipelines? I did FTF for a be- bit in the beginning. Um, yeah, I, I, they're helpful for sure. Like, especially if you don't know anything, like mm-hmm. having guys like that, if you don't have a mentor of some sort, like that's a great place to start. And then the value they provide for whatever they charge nowadays, um, you'll thank yourself later. I mean, just like understanding lighting, mm-hmm. you know, dialing in your camera settings, kind of what gear to buy and initially and kind of figuring out where you like to shoot as well. Yeah. Those guys will help you for sure. What about the, I always wonder, cause time and again, I come back, one of, one of the Instagram ads will grab me or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think I did one of their full to full-time fam, filmmaker courses. Um, but I'm wondering about the, like the business development side. Have you done any of that where they like are talking about things like retainer contracts or, um, you know, call scripts, you know, the, the market side, have you experienced any of that or do you have any- Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not great on retainers. I would love to have more retainer clients. Um, I mean, there's a certain way I think you have to make proposals for retainers. Um, I myself have not really figured it out mm-hmm. yet on like, at least the commercial side of things. I mean, a lot of my clients are, they keep coming back for like real estate and stuff. So I don't necessarily need retainers yeah. for them. Um, and weddings are very one-off, right? So there's no need for retainers there, Yeah, but, um, they do have a lot of good templates. I know that for sure. Um, creative rise goes into a lot of, you know, retainers as well. They do like, I think they have like an email marketing, um, course that you can buy as well and all this stuff as well. Like, yeah, it's like maybe a couple hundred bucks, but the value you're getting out of it. Um, and I'm not getting paid to say this by the way, like the value you get out of it is like crazy. So if you're just starting out, and that's the question, you're if you're a you know beginning filmmaker, videographer, or whatever the fuck you want to call yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> content creator, yeah. I think uh, investing in yourself is huge, right? So, but investing in the right things, like you know, a, a course, like educating yourself, YouTube University, um, that will you know pay off dividends in the long run. And then just like shooting, like everything you freaking can, like mm. just you know, you buy a camera, go out and shoot every sunset you can, like kind of start. The reason why I think, you know, I got into it in the travel industry and it sounds like how you got into it as well. It was, I just started making content just to make content. I didn't start making content for clients. I started just making it for myself right. um, with a dinky little GoPro. And it kind of just starts there. Just always creating, always putting something out and perfection's impossible. Right. So mm-hmm. always kind of just pushing the envelope of like, you know, shooting with different techniques, using new gear, using, um, shooting with people, um, you know, directing, DP, whatever, like, yeah, you know, just yeah. doing as much as you can. Right. I, I think it's something that gets overlooked often too, that I try to give as advice to young creatives or those just starting out on the, on the path is like, like figure out what you like. Yeah. It's hard enough to do the stuff that you're in love with. Mm-hmm. And I think in school we get so much of that energy beaten out of us of like, mm-hmm. but I like to do this. Like I want to go, draw pictures of race cars or, 
you know, I want to go play on the structure or whatever. Like once you figured out, like you want to do something creative, I'm always telling people like, what's the thing that you get up in the morning and you're super fired up by. I want to shoot like video about cars or I want to make video about uh, restaurants or, you know, like find whatever it is that excites you and, and point towards that. Cause that energy will come through. Totally. It starts with that, right? I mean, don't, if you hate shooting cars, don't shoot cars by yeah, the way. Like yeah. that's not something that you're going to obviously be passionate about. Sure. And I'm saying this right now, like not everyone can be a business owner. Like it's, uh, it's tough. It's mm-hmm. a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of work. Um, you know, so I think starting out with the things that you actually like to do, like, um, I honestly, I love to shoot real estate still. Like that's, I love to shoot weddings still. Um, and those are, I found two very scalable businesses. Right. Um, and now I try to, I'm more in love with the business than I actually am with the shooting. So that's kind of where I'm at. But, you know, for someone who loves to shoot cars, focus on shooting cars, you know, find clients, you know, partner with brands that, you know, you start shooting in that industry you want to be in, you know, and start offering your services for free. You know, it doesn't have to be everyone starts somewhere, like do it for, you know, a free product, you know, in a trade agreement, whatnot, Mm -hmm. you know, and you'll start just building a portfolio and snowballing from there. So... Hell yeah, dude. Well, Sam, dude, thank you so much for coming on the Bartcast. The Bartcast, man. Wow, I love the name <laughs> of the podcast. I didn't know. Yeah, it's uh, super sweet. I appreciate, appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, I appreciate your time, and and we'll have to do it again when you're getting ready for, to premiere your premiere. <laughs> yes, I will definitely be hitting you up, and we'll have to have another chat about that for oh, sure. Yeah, dog. Well, Dub dog. thank you Boom. so much. Boom. And uh, Thanks, dude. Thank you guys, everybody, for tuning in. Much love to you out there in the digital realms. Peace. Peace.